What a performance by the Dolphins in fantasy football in week three. Did you have Raheem Mostert, Devin Achain, Tua Tagola? It's time to break it down as we break down the biggest storylines of week three as we begin another week of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Monday here as we start turning the page from week three to week four. We still have a couple games tonight here with the Bengals and Rams. We'll see about Joe Burrow and see if he can go. And then the Eagles Buccaneers uh, kicking it off tonight. So still a lot of things in the balance for your fantasy team, probably. That is unless you started some of the Dolphins. Uh, it didn't matter if you went with Tyree Kill didn't matter if you went with Devin Kane. It doesn't matter if you went with Raheem Mustard. You're probably up and in control or anyone from that Chargers-Vikings game. We thought those would be the high-scoring games, and they came through for us. We'll break down the top stories for you on today's show, uh, Michelle and I. Welcome to Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in the league. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst at NFL.com. We got a huge week to talk about, and I think we can just jump right into the, one of the biggest storylines. I mean, not one of, the biggest storyline <laughs> of big. the season. Yeah, right, uh, the freaking Miami Dolphins put up 70 points against the Broncos, and it's not even like it was all Tua and Terry Kill. I mean, they did their thing. They were great for fantasy, but the running backs, Raheem Mostert and Devin A-Chain, both went off. They were unstoppable. What do we take out of this game for fantasy? Is this just like, are you playing Raheem Mostert and Devin A-Chain the rest of the way? Well, I remember in week one, we said, okay, we're we playing B. John Robinson and Tyler yeah. Algier. So you have to be careful. And I think this was a product of the game plan, right? Jalen Waddle was not playing, so they pivoted. How are we going to get more speed on the field to help Tyreek Hill and Raheem Mostert? And they said, okay, this is our next fastest guy. Let's put him in there, get him the ball in space, and let him go to work here. The Broncos, I think they just gave up in this game. Now, I expected that he might get a little bit of work in this one with Salvin Ahmed out, but – to do this, there were just wide open spaces. I mean, Tyreek Hill's touchdown, he just blew by everyone. Raheem Mostert was just shooting past this Broncos defense. They just gave up after a while, I think, in the second half, where they weren't trying at all, and the Broncos really looked lost for all the game. And credit Mike McDaniel, this guy is just operating at a high level. Now, I'll say this, they played two of the worst defenses so far, the Chargers and now the Broncos, they do get a tougher defense coming up with the Bills. I think the Patriots are on the schedule coming up. The Chiefs, we've looked pretty good defensively. So there are going to be some days, and we know that Tua in this offense was pretty quiet, right, in week two against the Patriots. So it's not going to happen every week. I would like to think Devin Chain will be a normal part of this offense. I think he's earned something, but 
it's not like Raheem Mostert was a schlub here, right? He was pretty spectacular too. Both of these guys went over 40 fantasy points, which is ridiculous to see two guys in the same backfield do. It's been a long time since that happened in fantasy. So I, I think Mostert, the one concern you have with him, right, is health. And he could break down Jeff Wilson. I don't think there's a role for him if he can come back healthy. Now, if Mostert breaks down, this is an eight-chain just smash, right? He's going to get the ball every week. And, look, if this can happen, it's great. But, again, I think half of it is just the great scheming by the Dolphins and no waddle. But a big part of this also is the Broncos just seem like they're going in the tank. So it was a perfect storm of events down there in Miami. Again, I still think I like these guys to consider, but they are playing the Bills next week. I don't expect wide open spaces and things to happen in Buffalo. So something to keep in mind, but I think, again, the Dolphins, legitimately, I think you can look at A-Chain at least as a flex play, Michelle. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do expect this offense to struggle a bit next week at the Bills. The one thing that I love to see is that Tua has only been sacked one time throughout these three weeks. He's getting the ball out extremely quick and obviously it's working for them, but if he's not getting touched, we don't have to worry about, you know, the concussion history that we're so worried about. If he keeps, you know, getting the ball out quickly and rarely getting sacked, that's huge for this offense. Moving on to another wild game but because of the opposite reason the Cardinals beat up on the Cowboys not only does the offense look good the Cardinals offense look good against that really scary Cowboys defense but Dak Prescott and the Cowboys passing game just was not clicking at all are you worried about Dak Prescott are you worried about the pass catchers in this offense moving forward when they can't even do it against the Cardinals defense Yeah, the Cardinals defense is overachieved a little bit. We saw that in the first half against the Giants, at least, and they fell apart. But when I was looking at the Cardinals, I said, this is what the Cowboys should be. Josh Dobbs running around, throwing the ball downfield to Marquise Brown, using James Conner, getting Rondell Moore in open field. This should be Dak Prescott, not Josh Dobbs. I mean, Dobbs has come off. You've got to give him all the credit. He's making big plays with his arms and legs and maybe – He has a little bit of fantasy value, not this week against the 49ers. But overall, you just look at the Cowboys, and they can't get it done passing. They have become what I feared, Michelle, with Brian Schottenheimer and Mike McCarthy, a boring, run-heavy offense that we're going to play Rico Dowdle in the passing game behind Tony Pollard. We're going to run Tony Pollard for 140 yards. We know this is the history of McCarthy and Schottenheimer. If you go back, And what do we have? And it just makes me sad, Michelle, watching the Chargers and Kellen Moore and then pulling out Keenan Allen, throwing a trick pass and throwing downfield. And so this used to be the Cowboys at one point that they were making big plays all over the field. And now they're so run heavy, even in a game where they were trailing, right? I mean, and Dak looked bad in the red zone. I just don't think this style of offense is great for him. And look, when... You have no plan here. Michael Gallup is your leading receiver, but him and Brandon Cooks and C.D. Lamb and Jake Ferguson all get seven targets. So I don't know where they're going. They're spreading it around. It has no rhyme or reason. C.D. Lamb is being uh, dropped down here. So I'm not feeling great about the Cowboys' offense right now. I think they that cost them the game. They were just sloppy, didn't do well in the red zone. I, I don't know, Michelle. Like, I want to hope for better things the Cowboys, but the Patriots are next. Uh, I don't know if that's the easiest spot here with Ezekiel Elliott and company coming into town. 
Yeah, so the Patriots and the 49ers next two games, not great. Oh, cool. I'm not worried about CeeDee Lamb. I mean, he's just coming off a 13-target, 143-yard day against the Jets defense, who you know we thought was scary as well uh, for CeeDee Lamb. I'm not worried about Lamb in the slightest. Two good games to start the season, a one-down game, but didn't kill you in PPR at least. But it's not even like Dak. Dak still has a six, nearly a 68 completion percentage, right? He has three touchdowns, one interception. It's just, yeah. I don't know. He had 40 pass attempts. It's just being There's spread no all plays. over. They're not throwing down the field. It's weird. Yeah. It's a weird offense. Very well, short um, passing or running. It's not helpful, yeah. you know, and but part Tony of it is their Pollard's offensive line. Amazing. Is so, yeah. That's all we, that's all we need. Yeah. That, not, that seems to be our best play. I mean, CD Lamb's going to be okay, but I'm a little bit worried about Dak. Like uh, I just don't like the way things are going with the line and, you got to get some big plays out of your quarterback, whether it's running or passing. And the Cardinals had it, and Dak didn't do it. So, yeah, I'm just a little concerned. But, again, I, I think we're o- going to be okay with Pollard because that's what they do. That's what they want to do. Lamb, I think, will also be fine just because he's talented. But we want something on the front end with Dak, I think, as well. So, another offense that disappointed Michelle was the Bears. Oh, my gosh. This is just hard to watch here with Justin Fields. I think dysfunction is a good word for it. People are just not being used well. Khalil Herbert looks sloppy. He's dropping the ball. They're not getting Roshan Johnson involved here. And you're having guys run the wrong routes here. What happened to Cole Komet being involved? DJ Moore, like you're missing the ball that was right to him. That could have been a big play. So I don't know. There's just maybe a lot of just maybe I, – I can't say it's a mutiny, but I just – don't see the Bears being all that enthused playing for this coaching staff. There's something going on there that I don't like, and I think we're seeing it every week now. So I don't know. Are they tanking right now? They would again hold the number one overall pick and maybe go after uh, Caleb Williams or Shooter Sanders. So I don't know. This is just looking ugly, and I don't know if Matt Eberflus, Luke Getzey, these guys are going to last much longer here. Yeah, I mean, I think they have the clean house of the coaches and probably just this is Justin Fields last year, at least with the Bears, you would think if this, you know, if they fire their coaches and Fields still looks bad, like this is probably it for him. But it could have even been a way worse day for Justin Fields. I mean, it was a a terrible day, but he had 57 of his 99 pass yards in the game on the last drive and his touchdown came on the last offensive drive. Like It was just a terrible day for him. And every metric he's gotten worse as a passer as he was last year. We expected DJ Moore to help him get better, not worse. It's been worse. And then the Bears defense is just straight garbage. 13 straight games along 25 plus points. <laughs> That's the yeah. tie for the longest streak in NFL history with the 1963-64 Broncos. So their their defense is historically bad. And then Justin Fields looks really bad. So that's a really terrible combination. They get the Broncos in Washington and the Vikings yeah. and Raiders and Chargers. So easier defenses coming up. But Man, I don't know. What do you keep playing Justin Fields? Because it hasn't been fun. Yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing to take away, the Bears get to play the Broncos and the Broncos get to play the Bears. So that could actually <laughs> help both offenses this week and yeah. the games in Chicago. So two oh and three team matchups this week. We also have the Vikings and Panthers, which is interesting and really not going well for some of these guys in the same draft. Justin Fields not looking good. We know Trevor Lawrence is underachieving and Zach Wilson course is having his issues so we'll talk about those guys in our next segment uh, as part of our breakdown of the 
top storylines coming out of week three Sunday action in fantasy football. Before we do that, we got to hear more from LinkedIn Jobs. We told you at the top this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You'll be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's super easy to create a job there on LinkedIn. Then you just add that job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that your company is hiring. Simple tools such as screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. So check it out. LinkedIn Jobs is going to make everything easier on your small business. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Michelle, we said we're going to talk about more struggling offenses here in the couple that have also surprised us here. So let's break it down. I mean, Calvin Ridley ugh, and the Jaguars offense, I don't know what's up, but Travis Antian at least looked good. He didn't get the touchdown tank. Bigsby got it. But they just went in the tank against the Texans defense yet again. I mean, yeah, this is back-to-back weeks where Trevor Lawrence having a, a pretty bad day, especially for fantasy. I mean, so far this year, it's been 17 points, 9 points, and 14 points for Trevor Lawrence in fantasy. So ceiling hasn't been there. The floor is bad for him. And it's like Calvin Ridley dominated week one, but where has he been? And it's because Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk, they're all getting involved. They all have exactly 173 receiving yards through the first three weeks, which I think is kind of crazy that each of those three guys uh it does open up next week for them they get to face the falcons uh, i don't know the lions yeah. offense didn't look amazing against the falcons but they should the jaguars should look better against them it's just for some reason they always struggle against the texans nobody struggles against the texans except for the jaguars maybe we just throw this game out and say it'll be okay but it's not looking pretty for this offense yeah, and part of it I'm a little bit concerned about. They had a lot of uh, defensive injuries. The Texans they didn't have Derek Stingley in there, and just they weren't at 100% in their pass coverage. Uh, but what happened here, I think, is just the execution has been poor by the Jaguars. They're dropping some key passes. Trevor Lawrence is not coming through on those critical third and fourth downs here that kill the drives. And they're pretty good at running the ball. We've seen that with uh, Travis Etienne and looking at Tank Bigsby getting another touchdown here. But I think they just need to be more consistent in the passing game. Maybe they have too many weapons and it's overwhelming him and just spreading the ball around. Maybe just look for the best matchup in a given week and go after it. And I think he's trying to do that, but I don't think he's gotten the flow, right? I mean, they didn't have Zay Jones. So figure out a way to get Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram all impactful targets here. And, uh, I think a lot of it is on Trevor Lawrence right now. I, I think he was a little bit – kind of all over the place early last year before he got hot down the stretch. So there's hope for him for sure with this Jaguars offense and maybe it's a get well game for both uh, the Jaguars and Falcons as they're both shipped off to London for the game this weekend. So maybe that'll work out for the best here. Now on the other side of things, the Texans look really good. CJ Stroud, two straight solid fantasy football games. The first game 
looked okay, 245 passing yards. He just didn't come up with a touchdown, but he's protecting the ball, and he's getting the ball to our favorite receiver here, Michelle's favorite, Tank Dell. And look, they could take Nico Collins out of the game, but this is the second straight week that Tank Dell has been the top target. We know Stroud and Dell go back to the combine. They are kind of simpatico with their targets and chemistry and all this stuff. So I think Tank Dell might be an every week wide receiver three. And I think CJ Stroud should be rostered as a QB two in a, in a lot of leagues right now. And with a chance to start in uh, some bye weeks. Yeah. If you're carrying Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields right now, and let's say Joe Burrow struggles again tonight, CJ Stroud is a guy that could still be on your waivers, pick him up. And, you know, I'm not saying to drop Justin Fields or Joe Burrow, maybe Trevor Lawrence, but probably still just keep him on your bench. But play C.J. Stroud throughout this time. They get the Steelers next week, which I know the Steelers are really good at causing turnovers, but they allow a ton of yards. And so Tank Dell and Nico Collins are going to be great plays this upcoming week. We'll be talking about them a lot, I'm sure. But yeah, it's great to see Tank Bell's usage go up, his route production. He's out on that field, and he seems to have that great connection with Stroud. And he also is getting deep targets in this game. Could have had another yeah. touchdown, but he got uh, tackled at the one-yard line. So it could have been even a bigger day from Tank Dell. But, yeah, I, I love what I'm seeing. And this early in both of their careers is really, really promising. So I think these are two guys you want on your team. And you're going to have some maybe inconsistent weeks. But I think in good matchups, they're good plays. Yeah, I think the other thing that's playing out here is that the Texans can't really run the ball. Their offensive line is hurting without Army Tunsil. I mean, know Damian Pierce scored, but really there wasn't much else. They're still in that Houston rushing attack. So they're going to have to throw it. And their defense – still had some leaks, right? I mean, I know the Jaguars shot themselves in the foot for a lot of the game, but it's not like it's a dominant defense. They're going to give up points. There's going to be some high passing volume. And he was here here in a positive game script, too, for C.J. Stroud. That This is what they want to be, a passing offense, it looks like. They've realized, look, our weapons are pretty good. Nico Collins, Hank Dell, Robert Woods, they're starting to look good to the point where, where's Dalton Schultz? They don't really need him as much. He's gotten a little bit involved, but we just didn't expect the wide receivers to be so good here for the Texans. So that's another reason why you like CJ Stroud, why you like Tank Dell. Well, Collins, again, tough matchup on the outside against Tyson Campbell this week, but he's going to be pretty valuable in most weeks as well. Now on the flip side, Michelle, the Jets. I mean, the Jets fans, I just feel so sorry for them, watching them scream in pain here, watching Zach Wilson, and it's just not getting done. Like, there's opportunities, and then they get a touchdown, and who's it? Nick Bodden, the up fullback, <laughs> scoring. Of all this, we're waiting for Brees Hall or Garrett Wilson at least get in the end zone. No, it's this, and I'm just really disappointed that the, that the Jets, of course, Nathaniel Hackett, can't figure out a way to creatively scheme without Aaron Rodgers. It's very annoying, and I think they need to make a change fast to save Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson at this point. Yeah, Brees Hall fooled us all, right? I mean, you and I were not super high on Brees Hall whatsoever entering the season, and then week one comes, and he looks great, right? He's just ripping off long run after long run after long catch, and then after that, week two, he only gets four carries last week or this yesterday, he gets 12 carries, right? And it's not as much as we would like, but he leads the team with 12 carries, only averages 1.5 yards per carry. So he wasn't doing what we're used to Brees Hall doing. Maybe it's the injury. Maybe it's just the team sucking. But the Jets have scored 10 or fewer points 11 times since 2021, second most in the NFL. And eight of those times has been with Zach Wilson. 
being the starter, including each of the last two weeks, by the way, they've scored 10 or fewer points. It's just Zach Wilson didn't learn anything from Aaron Rodgers. Clearly he's not going to get better. It's not going to ever get better for him. I don't know what the alternative is. I don't think them going to boil um, is really going to fix this offense. Maybe they look into bringing in Carson Wentz. Like there's not really options, right? But Zach Wilson is going to destroy this offense because he already has. And Garrett Wilson, five for 48. Like he should be doing so much better. Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to make a change here soon. They are back in prime time, yes, against the Chiefs, whose defense is rocking it right now. I don't know if you can throw Zach Wilson out there against that defense. Chris Jones is just demolishing things. So I don't know. I think you might have to look at starting someone other than Hall and Wilson for a while. We're, I think we're hopeful. I think we're optimistic. And we're like, we don't want to get this guy out of our lineup. He's so talented. But Unfortunately, until Nathaniel Hackett and this quarterback situation shorts itself out, I think we have to fade the Jets pretty hard in there. I don't think we need to fade the Colts, Michelle. Like You've been banging the table for Zach Moss. I did not expect him to get 30 carries in a game, let alone in a game where I thought they're going to be trailing to the Ravens. and They're pretty much treating him like Jonathan Taylor or last year Shane Steichen treating Miles Sanders like that with the volume. So. Maybe we should have seen this coming here that he's going to light one back and attach himself to it. Steichen is. And then the passing game has looked really good here. I mean, now they're getting Josh Downs involved. Michael Pittman has been outstanding here. Three really good games here. We kind of left him out of the mix here, really in our radars as a wider receiver three even. So uh, I'm really impressed with Steichen so far. His impact on the Colts offense, and maybe there's going to be some assets. So it'll be interesting to see, Michelle, I think what happens – what happens if Jonathan Taylor is good enough to go here at some point? Does Zach Moss continue to have this role? Do they deal Taylor? It's going to be a lot of fun. And Anthony Richardson has only played two of these games as well. Gardner Minshew came in and played well. Yeah, that's the question here with Zach Moss. If you have him and you've been playing him, he's been winning you weeks. 20 plus fantasy points each game. Right now he's at RB5 in the week. And by the way, he's averaging more rushing yards per game, yards per carry, and scrimmage yards per game in his five starts with the Colts than Jonathan Taylor did since the start of last year in his 11 starts. So he's outproducing Taylor. I'm not saying Zach Moss is a better talent than Jonathan Taylor. I'm not that crazy. I do love me some Zach Moss. But I do think if Jonathan Taylor comes back, it's Jonathan Taylor's backfield. He's not the Moss will be a part of the team and he'll get some snaps, but Jonathan Taylor will be the lead. Now, I don't really know where he gets traded to, though, if they did want to trade him because we were thinking Dolphins. But why would they want him now? Because they're dominating without him. So I don't know. But it is great. (laughs) Yeah, maybe the Ravens, maybe the Browns if Chubbs. But Chubbs injury looks a little bit more optimistic than we were originally thinking. But yeah, Michael Pittman is totally that post hype sleeper type guy where everyone was hyping up last year with Matt Ryan didn't do it. Everyone came off of him and now he's great. So both of these guys can be started next week as well. Yeah. It just shows you get an offensive schemer in there that knows what he's doing. And then all of a sudden these guys that were questionable assets, all of a sudden get going. And I think that's what Shane Steichen's done. I think Anthony Richardson, more big things are coming for him. Hopefully he'll return from his concussion to play this week. I, I like Gardner Minshew. I'm happy the mustache won in overtime, but let's get Anthony Richardson back up there so we have a little bit more fantasy football viability. Now, there was also a standout performance in Cleveland from Deshaun Watson. We'll get into that on in our final takeaways, plus a couple injuries really affecting fantasy football here. And uh, Michelle will break those down. Unfortunately, 
looks like Mike Williams, one of our favorites, is down for the season. Yeah, we'll have to get into the injuries in our last segment here. That's never fun to talk about. But what is fun to talk about is DoorDash. DoorDash um, is just a really awesome app. I, I use them quite often. If you're missing anything at home, like syrup for your pancakes, or you just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer, you can get that with DoorDash grocery delivery. You can get what you want right when you need it. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. We have all trusted DoorDash to deliver food from our favorite restaurants, and now you can get grocery delivery too. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. This is a limited time offer and terms do apply. That's 50% off up to $20 and delivery and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Don't forget the code is LOCKEDONNFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, Vinny, the Browns offense finally looked good-ish. Deshaun yeah. Watson finally had a, a good game, right? It was against the Titans' terrible pass defense. This is yeah. what we were expecting. He still didn't even put up 300 pass yards or three pass touchdowns, so I can't like say it was an amazing game. But he did what he needed to do. He only had six incompletions. The Browns couldn't run like we expected, but Jerome Ford came through for fantasy with the two touchdowns. Amari Cooper came through. I, I'm not saying like though that Deshaun Watson's a play moving forward. He gets the the Ravens next week, a bye week, and then the 49ers the week after that. So I, I think if you played Watson, you had one okay week and it's not gonna continue. Yeah, I mean he's gonna flash like this, right? Amari Cooper had a big game, but where are the other receivers? I mean, it's inconsistent with Elijah Moore. They're slowly trying to work in Dominic Peoples Jones again. But David Njoku has been non-existent here. This is a running team by heart here. Uh, the Ravens are kind of uh, shaky against the pass. We've seen it here early in the season. If they're not getting to the quarterback, they're not really good at the back end. So maybe Watson can have more success in that matchup. But I think what we also like to see from him is more consistent running. And that was a big aspect of padding his numbers here. Yeah, he wasn't elite by any means, but – for his standards, that has been his career in short term in Cleveland. That was good to see him maybe throw something back to Houston because he seemed a little bit lost and all over the place here in the first couple of weeks. So it's something that I'm optimistic about for this Browns offense. But you had Amari Cooper having a big game and he came through there definitely against that Titan secondary. But we'll see. We want the consistency, right? That's going to be the question. Overall, with his Browns offense, without Nick Chubb, without Jack Conklin, and with uh, Deshaun Watson in their quarterback. Now, the Vikings had a interesting game, I thought, for sure, when they got down, because the Chargers tend to lose those type of games. The Vikings win those type of games. Vikings, of course, threw an interception. Kirk Cousins, but another big game for Kirk Cousins, by the way. They just have to have oh, big yeah. games, because they're in shootouts every week. Their defense stinks. They have great receivers. So, it's like a perfect situation for Kirk Cousins to put up numbers. But do not forget, in the big day for Justin Jefferson and uh, K.J. Osborne coming through, that Alexander Madison, 125 scrimmage yards here with Cam Akers on deck here. Now, they did not activate Cam Akers for this game. They're playing the Panthers, which is a very good matchup for the running game here in Week 4. 
So I don't know, Michelle, like I want to trust Alexander Madison. I actually started him in the flex here with Raheem Mostert. So I was in good shape here in one of my leagues, but I'm not sure. I'm a little bit concerned here that Cam Akers will have a key role because Alexander Madison, he was uh, fortunate. He didn't fumble again. They pulled it, but they called him down with the whistle. So I, I don't know. He still didn't look great, but I don't know if it's a product of the Chargers defense and the high scoring nature of that game. Or if Alexander Madison was motivated by Cam Akers being on deck here, I'm not sure what to think here, but I'm not sure if I can trust him going forward because I don't think they just traded for Akers for kicks here. I think they, I really don't think the Cam Akers trade affects Madison in the slightest. Unless he keeps, I am worried about his fumbling, right? And luckily they called back that fumble. That, That does worry me, maybe, but the trade compensation for Cam Akers was a conditional 2026 round pick to the Rams in exchange for acres and a conditional 2026 seventh round pick. They swapped sixth and seventh conditional round picks in three drafts from now. And Kevin O'Connell was already the OC for Cam Akers before. Now he tore his Achilles in one of those years in 2021, but the year prior 2020 in his rookie season, guess who O'Connell wanted to play over Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown, two guys that aren't even in the league right now. Cam Akers stinks way more than Alexander medicine. Like I don't get all of a sudden like, Oh, like Cam Akers is good. No, he's been absolutely terrible this year. And besides the end of last year, pretty much terrible his whole career. So I am not worried about Cam Akers in the slightest. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that Dalvin cook was there and he was too expensive. They've moved on from him. They were happy about Madison. Then they made a trade for acres. By the way, is the guy who kind of was behind Dalvin cook at Florida state and it wasn't as good and didn't get drafted as highly. So I'm just, yeah, I'm not sure what to think. I need to see it play out. Would you play Madison this week against the Panthers? For I think sure. it's a good enough matchup to do that as a flex play at the worst. Yeah, for sure. I mean, finding two, like definitely in your RB2 spot, I, I think he's a, a really good play again. Again, like I think this has more to do with Ty Chandler and them worried like what if Madison goes down? They have absolutely no depth behind him. Why yeah. not trade for it? He's a free running back. Akers was free. So go trade for yeah. him. You can be your back. Yeah, uh, it's a good call. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Hopefully again, Madison will hold this job and after is the most productive game of the season. Now, the Ravens passing game. Remember they said they were going to open that up and look at things, but things are not looking good here in a lot of his injury related, right? Justice Hill was their best receiving back. He's hurt. Otto Beckham Jr.'s hurt. Now Rashad Bateman is hurt. Always. Mark Andrews missed week one. Yeah. So all these guys are dropping like flies. It's down to Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers, pretty much, that you're looking at. And a little bit of Nelson Aguilar making some catches here. So I'm not sure. Maybe the Ravens are going back. It was the old Lamar Jackson running style game, right? That's what we got against the Colts. Part of it is the rainy conditions, but. Part of his Lamar also was off a little bit. Zay Flowers had eight targets, I think, only 48 yards. It was just a slog here to get him going into the open field, and Andrews was just hardly involved here. So I'm not sure what to think about this Ravens offense. They've been up and down. They looked great in the passing game in week one. They were kind of in between in week two. Then they became run heavy in week three. So, And now you have an injury to Gus Edwards with a concussion. So all of a sudden you've lost now J.K. Dobbins, and on the shorter term, Hill and Edwards, you got Melvin Gordon doing things here and Kenny and Drake's on the roster. So maybe Jonathan Taylor's the guy to get here. But I don't know, Michelle. Like, I'm still having uh, bad thoughts about this Ravens offense. Maybe 
they shouldn't have messed with it much like the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, that was a big worry. Everyone was very excited about Todd Munkin coming and Greg Roman leaving, but they went, at least it was good for Lamar Jackson for fantasy, right? As long as he runs yeah. the ball, he's going to be good for fantasy. So I mean, over a hundred rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. Great. Yeah. Like keep running it with Lamar. Zay Flowers is getting the targets. He by far leads the team in targets to 25 by far leads the team with 21 receptions. The issue is he's averaging nine yards per reception. I mean, yeah. that's just not productive at all has zero touchdowns. So he, he's getting the target share. It's just not turning into very many uh, yards or fantasy points for him there. Yeah, I I don't know. It's Mark Andrews here, but Mark Andrews has been pretty inconsistent now the last couple of years for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, he had the big, big year a couple of years ago where he actually outscored Travis Kelsey, but last year was yeah. a disappointment. He also missed time, and Isaiah likely had to fill in. So maybe getting a little older, a little worn down here. And I don't know. if There's one league I think I'm going to try to deal Mark Andrews. I have good depth behind him in Sam Laporta. So I might go and just deal him and see what I can get right now. I think he is a candidate to buy low on a little bit just because he's Mark Andrews, but and the fantasy tight end landscape is not very good. So something to think about there. But yeah, overall disappointed so far, this uh, Ravens offense. And doesn't help beyond those injuries that I talked about, also the offensive line, Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum. So all these things are kind of breaking down. The Ravens might be just a mash unit here on offense by the end of the season. Now, Speaking of injuries and all that, I mean, two big injuries here. We'll start with the one affecting a quarterback. It looks like an AC sprain and a shoulder injury for Derek Carr. That's probably going to keep him out multiple weeks. I mean, Jameis Winston will get to start in a revenge game against the Buccaneers with the maybe a little dash of Taysom Hill here in this week's matchup. So I don't know. What does uh, this do to you? And uh, how do you feel? I guess I'll do a two-part question. Do you feel like there's a hope here for Alvin Kamara to have a big role immediately when he comes back? And then are you concerned about Chris Olave getting the ball enough now without Derek Carr? So I'm not worried about Chris Olave at all without Derek Carr. Jameis Winston will chuck it. He'll be fine. Derek Carr and Jameis Winston aren't that different of quarterbacks. Besides, Winston might even be better. So, I mean, they're both inconsistent. They both have like make stupid decisions, but they both can throw a ball deep. Right. So yeah. I, I'm not worried about Chris Olave at all. I, I do think Alvin Kamara is coming in back into a great situation. You have Jamal Williams out with an injury and no one has taken over this backfield. Kendra Miller finally just played his first game. I mean, he looked okay, but nothing special. So Kamara, I think, comes in right away and just leads this backfield, gets a ton of touches. We'll get receptions from Winston and uh, so I think he's coming into a nice spot. So if you did draft Alvin Kamara, I think you can just keep start him like immediately. Yeah. Winston, you figure is going to be checking down a little bit. Remember the Winston we've seen in New Orleans has been a guy that tries to cut down on turnover. So he's going to take the check downs when they're there. So that's really good for Kamara coming back, I think. So weird way, not much affecting the Saints offense with this quarterback change. And as we looked at the numbers last year, the combination of James Winston and A. Dalton, not much different than Derek Carr last season. Now, this is a big blow, Michelle. I hate to be the bearer of this. Just Mike Williams, we loved him. He was going nuts in this game against the Vikings. Then the knee happens, looks bad. Looks like it's a season ender here for him. Now, it looks like uh, Josh Palmer was the first guy up there behind Keenan Allen, who's been outstanding. I mean, he's loved this offense here with Kellen Moore. But now the question is, 
Longer term, Michelle, I, I think I, I know where I'm headed here. Do you like Josh Palmer or do you like the rookie Quentin Johnson really taking over this role? I think Josh Palmer is the trusted guy in this offense. Yeah. Still, uh, Quentin Johnston played like 16 snaps all game long, even with the Mike Williams injury. I just think it's Josh Palmer. Anytime he's had to step up and play for one of these guys with injuries, he's done okay, right? He's not like he's not Mike Williams. He's not Keenan Allen, but he puts up production. So I think Josh Palmer is yeah. a guy that needs to be picked up off waivers for sure. And he can be played. Um, they get the Raiders this week. That'll be a nice matchup. And then a bye week. So Williams, even if like the best of news comes back from Williams, he's not, he's out for a while because they're not going to play him before the bye week. But yeah, it's looking like it could be a season ending injury. This stinks. I mean, he had 121 yards and a touchdown before injury. Keenan Allen went absolutely off. Keenan Allen might be the steal of drafts this year, especially now with Mike yeah, Williams definitely. likely out. He's going to get so many targets. He had 20 targets and 18 receptions in this game. Absolutely well. And he also had a touch on pass, which was to Mike Williams, yes. sadly. Yes. So we're so we'll see how it plays out. I think Palmer initially has to be the guy because of his experience. I think you're absolutely right, but they did use a first round pick on Johnson for a reason. So we'll see if Palmer breaks down or doesn't give them the same speed they're looking for. They might look at Johnson a little bit more. So I would expect still. I, I don't know what you're going to get because they do like using the 12 personnel sometimes with Gerald Everett and Donald Parham who had two touchdowns in the game. So I, I, we'll see how they piv, pivot. Do they still go three wide receivers and get Johnson out there and put Keenan on the slot, these two guys, or do they go two tight ends more without Williams? So it'll be interesting to see how this formations go to see what routes we get. But I'm with you. Palmer for the short term, maybe Keenan Allen breaks down or something like that. Quentin Johnson could have a big role in the second half, but that's where I would go as well. We'll have a look at our waiver wire. It's a good uh, transition there. In week four there on tomorrow's show so it's a good transition here and again we still have a couple more games tonight michelle so eagles buccaneers and then uh, bengals Rams. so hoping that uh, you get what you need for your fantasy needs here to uh, win your matchups this week but yeah we'll be back tomorrow every day with a look at the waiver wire thanks for making locked on fantasy football your first lesson every day for locked on fantasy football this has been Vinny Iyer. and i'm michelle majuk Bye, y'all. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.